You're listening to Millennial Minds, a podcast that confronts culture with the biblical worldview. I'm Jared. And I'm Sarah. And she was making funny faces at me while you're still doing it. What are you doing? Trying to get him to crack. You're strange. So what's going on? What's new with us? Um, not much. Okay. Just, it's getting hot outside and... It is. I'm enjoying it a little bit. I know. It's it's not that bad. It's like been the mid-90s, <laughs> but it's kind of the prelude to, you know, feeling like we're walking on the surface of the sun. Right. So it just makes me feel anxious. And in Texas, when it gets warm, well, not warm, when it gets hot, that means da-da-da-da, pool season. So like everyone goes to the pool. So this is kind of funny, Jared. I don't know if you checked your email at all last night at about 5.30 p.m. What, what we get an email. Just listen. We get an email from our apartment complex and and they go. The, the title of the email was called pool closed for evening. And the email goes like this. The pool is closed for the evening due to necessary cleaning. <laughs> New paragraph. If your child is not potty trained, please ensure that they are wearing a waterproof diaper. Can I just? Ew, this is. Can we just talk about how we all immediately know why the pool is getting cleaned? And I kid you not, I went out to go for a walk. There was no one at the pool. There'd usually be like maybe five or six people around the time when I was down there. Not a person. Can I read this? This is literally (laughs) word for word what it says. Okay. Go ahead. Good evening. The pool will be closed for the remaining of the remaining of the evening today due to Typo. necessary cleaning and will reopen for use tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> New paragraph. As a reminder, <laughs> when bringing children that are not fully potty trained, a swim diaper is required at all times for entry into the pool. In addition, glass is never allowed, blah, 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 blah. That is hilarious. I pretty much had that down. I had uh, it memorized. Yeah. It made my day. Too. And I was like, I, I was so close to going down to the pool yesterday. So close. Good thing you didn't stick your feet in that. <laughs> Why is it so warm? Ew. Oh, or my face. What? Is this salt water? No, it's like, what's that? Oh, mm. it's not is that a three a musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. Ew. Do you remember that commercial back in the day? Yeah. Where there's like the, the candy bar floating and the guy picks it up and eats it. Yeah. I think that's a play off of Caddyshack. I don't know. The movie Caddyshack. Oh, Was it Caddyshack? I don't remember. I, I've seen bits and pieces, <clears throat> but I've never seen the whole thing. But I hear there's a scene where someone throws a Snickers in a pool as a... I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably... Go on, some, Someone who has Please seen the movie is probably cringing because I just <laughs> ruined it. They're like, that was my favorite movie. How could yeah, you? Seriously. Sorry. Um, that was painful. We just listened to Johnny Cash's I Hung My Head. No. And Sarah feel, she felt so moved emotionally by dear Johnny Cash's voice that she had to watch a few videos before we could record the podcast. Isn't no, that true? I didn't. Yeah, it is. I watched one video that I'd already planned on watching before we started having this long conversation earlier. You said earlier. now I'm sad and I have to watch something <laughs> to cheer me up before the podcast. Sometimes when we watch like movies that have high suspense or something that maybe startles me a little bit, I always say, can we watch cat videos at night later? <laughs> and we'll sit in bed watching funny cat videos on YouTube so that I don't have nightmares. <laughs> yes. All that's to say is that the late great Johnny Cash's See how I'm avoiding song that? is so deeply moving that Sarah had to find something else to lift her spirits before we 
started this. It wasn't to lift my spirits. I simply wanted to see how the 76ers beat the Celtics the other day. Okay, well, we'll, uh, that's not what you but said. But you can tell yourself that. I'm not telling myself. That's what you said. Why are you denying it? People deserve I don't know. to know the, the truth. The song bothered me a little bit, but. Why? <laughs> now you got what you want. I um, want to know why it bothered took you. Took the bait. Um, I just. Okay, for those who don't, made me feel uncomfortable. Okay, for those who don't know, this song is called "I Hung My Head" by Johnny Cash, and it's basically about a guy who accidentally shoots another man, kills him, and then uh, basically is sentenced to death. I just want to know who comes up with thinking about that. Like, what in your head made you think about some guy just messing around with a rifle and accidentally shooting somebody, and then it's sad. But isn't it just feel like so? it's Repentant. moving because it feels so real, though. I yeah, feel it feels like he's telling a story, but like a true story. Like it feels like you're entering into it. Like I can visualize it. All this stuff. It's not a cheesy, uh, like sing along storytelling kind of song. It's. I feel like it's deeply moving. But the question is: Is it as sad or as moving as his rendition of "Hurt"? I don't know what that is. Yeah, you do. It's that song that was on the Wolverine. Uh, trailer. Oh yeah, I hurt myself. Today. I know you like that song. That's a great song. You listen to it over and over oh, and word. over it's such when a great you first song. found it. Oh, it's fantastic. Jared repeats music like a high school girl finding out about secondhand serenade. <laughs> I feel like most of our audience won't Which know what was secondhand probably serenade is. Me. <laughs> yeah, that was you. That you was just burned you yourself. Too. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I don't Wouldn't think there's anything else believe? to <laughs> I still know the words Sad um, So with Mother's Day But not Day, Johnny Cash sad That's that right be the new Johnny thing. Cash sad Are you second hand serenade but it's sad not, or Johnny it's Cash sad It's not Johnny Cash sad <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the spectrum <laughs> um, Anyways with Mother's Day coming up We thought it'd be helpful to uh, Kind of talk through um, kind of a pretty heavy topic, which uh, might be surprising because some of our topics are not so heavy. But uh, I think some of them are. No, I know. I'm saying some of them aren't. Oh, that's um, true. And we usually kind of talk deep theology and whatnot. Yeah. At least you do. I smile and nod. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with Mother's Day coming up, we thought we would uh, kind of tackle the topic of... Um, just pregnancy loss and infertility. It's been a, a big part of our story um, and our marriage. And uh, we've been profoundly impacted by that. Um, we've experienced the reality of that in our marriage and in our life. Um, and it's certainly a prevalent thing. Um, but the, the weird thing about it is it, it is it doesn't seem so because people don't talk a lot about it. I think maybe people are talking about it more or maybe it's just our experience with it has made it more visible to us when people talk about it. I don't know, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are starting to be more open about it. At least I've seen in the blogging community, a lot of women opening up about it. Mm -hmm. Um, occasionally I'll see people post personal things via social media about it. But I think that there's just that, like definitely what you were saying. I don't want to say the word like secret it's like you want to keep it to yourself. It's kind it's of, obscure. it's one of those things that you, you do, if you do go through it, you kind of feel the temptation to hide yeah. a little bit more. Well, it feels awkward. Cause like, I, I, I don't think that it's like, it, we're not 
taught how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. No one is prepared beforehand to deal with it. So when yeah, you do watch it, especially because what the no heck do you one do? no one expects that it really could be their own story. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's really, you know, there's so many aspects of it, and everyone's story is different. And um, yeah. Yeah. Did so, you want to continue with? Yeah, for sure. So today uh, I'm going to interview Sarah um, on her experience with this and get her thoughts on it. And um, think I I really do think that this is going to be really helpful. I think Sarah has a lot to share um, as she's walked through this. And I think that, um, you know, I've been impressed by her, by the way she has walked. Um, It hasn't been easy. And it hasn't always looked pretty, but um, just the way she's relied on the Lord and everything. I think she really does have something to offer. Um, And so I'm just excited for you guys to hear her thoughts on this. So here we go. And well, and next week we're planning on uh, just a little tease for you that I want to interview Jared because sometimes we hear a lot from women regarding this subject. Um, and it can be less common to hear from a husband. Yes. And so we thought that would be For really sure. cool to have Jared share his uh, thoughts too. Totes. So. Cool. So here we go. Um, I figure we can just start by, you know, would you just share um, your experience with us of, yeah. of walking through this? <clears throat> sure. So, well, really before I get into my own experience and like some of the details of, of how this has Um, impacted our life and what exactly it looked like. I just wanted to mention that this is my own experience, admittedly, and, you know, I'm doing my best to walk through it in a way that I pray is glorifying to the Lord, since it's the lot he has given me. And I just wanted to note that this is my experience. So if you know someone who's walking through this, Her experience is going to be entirely different from mine, and that is her own story. It's her own walk. No two uh, people's journeys are identical. So even if some of the details could be similar, everyone is different. Every story. I mean, you know, you could be someone who is... um, maybe you have a couple of children and you really want that third and you just haven't been having that third while you're walking through infertility. And you could be someone who um, has been trying and has had multiple miscarriages while you're longing for motherhood. Mm. Um, You could be someone who just got married. Oh, I thought of this yesterday. You could be someone who just got married and you just understand through your husband, um, his leading and your own heart before the Lord, that it's not the right time to have children Mm. and you have to wait on the Lord, um, to give you that season. And you're just like, I really want it now, but it's like, Oh, I just got married like six months ago. So there's all kinds. I just kind of wanted to express that really. So you're going to, you're going to share from your experience specifically in pregnancy loss and infertility, but speaking more broadly to really anyone who's longing for motherhood, longing to have children. At least that's my hope. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Carry on. Okay. So, um, man, this is going to be some personal stuff. Mm -hmm. So Jared and I got married in 2012 and then, was it what nine months later? Yeah, it was in June, the yeah. end of May. June 2013, we had our first 
miscarriage. It was oh. early. Um, so that was the first. And it triggered in me this serious, I mean, it triggered the baby itch. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I should give like the fast version or kind of take time, but. Take take time. It's whatever you, whatever you want to share. Okay. Um, um, so I guess something to note with that is I was newly married. Me and Jared had been married only nine months. Um, I've, if you know me well, you know that I do not, I have kind of a more broken relationship with my mother. So I felt like very alone in that regard of like who to go to and who to talk to about something like that. Oh, cause you felt, cause you couldn't go to your mother and yeah. Like I feel like that's something that you kind of initially, I mean, maybe not everyone would, but I just felt a little bit like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, who do I go to? And, and so like for comfort, um, or, or like also guidance. Yeah. I mean yeah. like what, you know, it's, it was so new. Like even finding out I was pregnant was so new. And mm -hmm. then to lose the baby so fast and trying to understand everything going on at the doctor's appointments and my heart was hurting and I didn't know how to be and how much time off work should I take? What's appropriate? Just all of these questions mm -hmm. swirling around from something that I just never really thought that I would go through. Um, so that was kind of the first. Um, and then... Was it like, so like I said, it really triggered the baby itch in me. And I had always really, really wanted to have kids. So that's something I've definitely always longed for um, and prayed for my whole life. I've been like praying for my future children. <laughs> um, but that triggered the longing and then help me. Was it a year and a half later? Yeah. The Christmas of 2014. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So that Christmas I had, um, what I was diagnosed with was a tubal pregnancy. And that is when a baby implants on its way, um, to the uterus, it implants into your, um, fallopian tube instead. And it can be incredibly life threatening and demands immediate surgery. Um, Praise God, I didn't need surgery because my body was actually working to correct. <laughs> Basically, it was working to correct itself. So um, that was a blessing. But still, just, oh, gosh, so painful. Mm. Um, it was the day after Christmas, and it was really hard. I mean, yeah. I just, I feel so, ah, Christmas was just really hard that year, and it's been hard ever since. Um, yeah. So then after that was kind of what I would call my, I, I mean, I don't want to get into all the terms like of, of what infertility is. I mean, you could Google the word infertility if you want. I think it's like if you've attempted to conceive within, you know, six months and so, or something like that and haven't mm -hmm. had success or maybe it's like a year, but, um, so after that, I mean, we went, what, Four years without, no, no three years. Three years. Yeah, because it's 2018 now. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be about three years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, so when we moved here to Dallas, I really, my longings for motherhood has just continued to grow. I really, really want to have children. Um, I feel as though it is, um, 
you know, something that the Lord could absolutely do in our life. And I, I pray and hope that he blesses us with that. Um, and so when we moved here, I really felt a passion to start getting healthy, um, to try to put my body in the correct um, posture to at least, you know, be healthy to carry a baby full term. And, and so I started eating healthy. I started working out. I started trying to sleep better. I started, I watched like this documentary that talked about like laughing more really helps (laughs) balance your hormones or something. So I started watching funny movies and shows and just doing all these things to say, Hey Lord, like I'm doing something. When are you going to do something? (laughs) Um, I mean, you, you put in serious time researching though, didn't you? Just like sitting sitting on the internet and just trying to read as much yeah, as you can I mean, and learn as I've much as you read, can. I'm sure. So if you know someone who's walking through infertility or pregnancy loss, um, like recurring pregnancy loss or anything like that, they've probably read a lot online about what to do. They've probably tried or made adjustments in their lifestyle with eating habits. They've probably done all of these things because they just... They want to do what's right and get their body healthy. And, you know, it it can be hard when you see people who like eat Twinkies every day and, <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm trying to eat more salad. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, another thing that actually so what happened when we got here was I started doing all these changes and it was going great. I this is so weird, but at this one practice that I went to, they had called me and told me that they checked my blood levels because I had to do some blood um, labs. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And I freaked out and I was so excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. The doctor said, ah. So I, this is embarrassing and I can't believe I'm sharing it, but I like got a little gift for Jared and I took it home and I came home and I prayed and I was so nervous and he came home and I like shared the news with him. Well, like four days later. Wasn't it? No, it was, it was like the next morning. Was it the next morning? Yes. Oh, it was four days after I did the blood draw. That's what it was. So the next morning I get a phone call from that same practice that they had switched my lab, my blood work with somebody else's they switched them they called me told me i was pregnant when really somebody else was and i was like you realize you just told someone who hasn't conceived in over three years that they're expecting right (laughs) and it was just so awful and she was like well i mean i know it's really hard and there's like emotional damage but I mean, it's much worse for the person who's <laughs> expecting to not know. And like, I oh get that, but goodness. like, no, that was so No, you mean. don't get that. Oh my <laughs> goodness. What a bunch of nah. garbage. So we ended up actually leaving there. Yeah. Needless um, to say, we don't go there anymore. No, we do not. And oh I wouldn't suggest word. them. No, um, no. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. I, this is your interview, but <laughs> maybe I, I'll have to write a review. I just I, have things I almost to say did. about it. I'm not really a review person, but, um, so I, We left there and in December, we actually had our third pregnancy loss. Um, So we found that out December 1st and, um, well, we found out we were expecting it on December 1st. And then 
about a month later, the miscarriage. Um, so that was really hard, especially having uh, just been in a season of waiting, um, praying that the Lord would provide in that way and, and then feeling like he was answering our prayers, but then um, to have lost another uh, was just really, really difficult. And I think that this has been one of the most just significant seasons of my entire life, but even more so um, in where I'm at right now in this journey, because it has been a while and I have walked this road that I never, ever would have expected for myself. Yeah. You know, when you're growing up, you expect, oh, yeah, I'm going to just have children whenever I want, whenever I'm ready. You know, right. we're, yeah. this is a podcast for millennials and who who else just thinks that everything's in their control? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not that I felt that way whatsoever, but. Um, or have their uh, five-year plan. Five-year plan. Or their 10-year plan. We actually did plan. have a five-year plan, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit of like my experience with what happened as far as what I've been through. Um so I guess I kind of would, if I was to label myself, I would say, I usually say like infertility and pregnancy loss because I've kind of had a little bit of both in my experience. Um, but I found this uh, book this, this year called Longing for Motherhood. And I feel like that's just a really good way to express um, just where I'm at and I'm sure where so many other women are at and dealing with this. Um, yeah. So does that kind of help? What do you think? Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, well, uh, what have been the hardest aspects to walking through infertility and pregnancy loss for you? Um, let's see. Gosh, there's so many hard parts. I mean, so many hard parts. And like I said before, it's not something you ever expect. So that in and of itself is hard. Dealing with um, expectations that aren't met about your life, yeah. even. You know, when I was, I wanted to get married when I was really young, and I did when I was 21, and I wanted to have babies when I was really young, mm -hmm. preferably like a year later, <laughs> right. so that I could, you know, be in my 30s with a teenager. But, you know, God has a different plan. Um, so that's definitely been really hard, is just accepting that this is the Lord's plan for my life, and all of his ways are good. So even when I feel like I'm losing out or missing out, it's for my good. Mm. So it's hard to reconcile that in my heart. But um, anyway, I try to cling to that truth. Other things have been hard have been a little bit more just material things. Like it's really hard walking through baby sections in stores. Yeah. Um, it's really hard, um, you know, seeing pregnancy announcements on social media. Um, mm -hmm. I think that most women who walk, well, I can't say most, but I think a lot of women who struggle through with infertility and pregnancy loss, I think a lot of us are kind of triggered by those announcements, which yeah. for me, I hate it. Like I hate that it bothers me. I right, hate yeah. that I care. I wish that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I've been fortunate enough to have people kind of reach out to me privately if they're expecting and sort of just want to be gentle and careful with me. And I appreciate that. It's still hard and it still causes me to look at my own circumstances with a little bit of discontent. But 
Um, I always do appreciate that they would care to do that. And admittedly, I haven't been on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, no one really announces anything on Twitter. They just argue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been on there that much. So I try to just stay away. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of, for me, it's like that passage in Matthew where he says, uh, where Jesus says, if your arm causes you to sin, cut it off or whatever. And I feel like, well... I might not necessarily sin by seeing somebody post something about a baby or something like that, but it could tempt me to sin and it really does tempt me to be really discontent. Mm. So I'm going to just go ahead and cut that off. (laughs) So that's something I do, but, um, what else is hard? It's hard because I just really want to have kids Yeah, and it's really hard wondering if it'll ever happen. Um, that can be a challenge. It can be challenging when people try to comfort you with like trying to, I don't know how to word it. (laughs) Like, I guess offer their advice for what you should do to have your body be, you know, able to conceive. That can be kind of a tricky thing. And I'm definitely uninvited advice. Yes. Yeah. And I personally do not like, unrequested advice whatsoever. So especially with that, but it can just be tricky because, you know, chances are if you know someone who's walking through infertility and pregnancy loss, they've read up on pretty much everything and they know way more than you probably do about fertility and stuff (laughs) and what to do and what to eat and how often to exercise and all that stuff. So that's been hard or, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's just been a lot of it and wanting to have. So this is kind of something that I could add is like feeling feeling guilty for wanting to have kids naturally. I mean, that's something that I've struggled with. OK, Lord, mm-hmm. this is what you're doing. Does this mean you want me to adopt? And I don't even like saying that word. Just want me to like adoption is glorious and spectacular and amazing and a high calling. And of course I hope to adopt one day. Like I really want to babe. Mm-hmm. like, I'm sure you're on that page too, but, but just feeling like, Oh, well, if the Lord hasn't given me children, maybe I, that's, you know, it's just hard knowing we don't know the Lord's will, um, a year from now. So it's just, I think not knowing the future yeah. is really difficult. Yeah. Can I, can I speak to that really quick? Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt your... No, that's fine. Well, it's just interesting you bring up the adoption thing. And I think that so often, um, and maybe you'll get to this later on, but, um, but there's a temptation. Like, I, I think that when people come to those who are struggling with infertility and pregnancy loss, when they say, you know, well, maybe you'll think about adoption or something, it treats adoption as like a replacement for natural yeah. pregnancy or or as second best to that. And right. I, I think that's something we really need to work, um, you know, work against the mindset of doing that. I mean, because on one hand, it's like, well, if you have a bunch of natural pregnancies, then I guess you'll never adopt, which is not mm-hmm. true. Um, but it also makes it seem as though when you lose a baby, it can just be replaced by an adopted yeah. child or, you know, like that whole, um, mm-hmm. that, that painful part of mm-hmm. your life can just be, be fixed by right. adoption. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, sorry, I, I certainly didn't no, mean to No, that's really great, babe. 
share whenever you want. Sorry I'm saying babe while we're recording. Babe. Is that weird? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I, I also, I mean, I'm all have thoughts on that for next week when you interview oh, yeah. me. But, of um, course. Yeah, I just felt like that was a good place to. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I, yeah, that was really good, babe. Uh, just wanted to mention, like, even as I kind of said that, it's really hard seeing, like, um, pregnancy announcements and whatnot on Facebook. Um, so another part, another like same side of that coin would be like just hating how sometimes it can feel. What's the word? Like, like I, if my friends find out they're expecting, I don't want there to be something weird. Yeah. But like, I don't want them to feel like they can't be close to me or right. I'm, I don't want to be involved or something like that. So that's definitely another part that I would add in my own experience has been harder to navigate is, is wow, I really want to stay like this faithful, amazing friend. And right. I don't want anyone to feel weird around me and, and act strange because they don't know how I'm feeling or how I'm doing. So that's been really hard as well. I think. Yeah. So like it, it, it almost creates a sort of tension that is, it's not even your intention that there mm -hmm. be, that there be this thing, but just what, what you've walked through and stuff. Um, do you, do you think some of that might just be other people's perception of your struggle? Um, mm, just kind of looking in and. I think it could be just that maybe there's not a deep understanding of where I'm at with it. Oh. You know, maybe, or, Honestly, just women, at least with women, I mean, I don't know how like men would be who are, you know, <laughs> dealing with all that, but, but I think we're just super sensitive to one another. Yeah. We're sensitive. We're, we want to be careful and sure. compassionate and, and show empathy. And so I appreciate that there can be a kind of caution, yeah. but at the same time, like I've I've actually in the last couple of days been sitting down thinking through like, okay, I have some really close friends right now and none of them have children. Well, what am I going to do? Like if the Lord has me on this path to continue walking through infertility and pregnancy loss for the next three years and they all start having kids, yeah. like I don't want to lose friends. Right. I want to stay in their life. I want to be best friends. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose friends over something that I struggle with. So really I think good. that's been hard, but it's definitely something I've been thinking about and just trying to work on and yeah. wanting to grow in friendship and yeah. relationships. Do you think that that is uh, maybe just an added... Uh like an added difficulty on your shoulders, like it's kind of on you to do that? Or do you think it's just kind of a weight that like in turn, you know, it's just, uh, I guess it makes evident the fact that a person uh, walking through infertility and pregnancy loss is not the only person who shoulders that, but also the people around them mm -hmm. um, that it, it's almost like an inescapable reality that the people around this person are also going to feel the effects of it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it just sounds like it's an undeniable truth that, that when one person is walking through this, it does affect and does mm -hmm. fall upon the people around them. Um, it's just interesting hearing, yeah. you know, kind of from your experience that, that this has, um, this has affected, um, just your relationships mm -hmm. and everything. Right. And, and I'm, I can confess, like, honestly, when, when some friends in the past have been, um, had told me they were expecting, I noticed in myself a distancing. 
Mm. It's something I've been really trying to work on in more recent years. But in the beginning, I really noticed that I would back off and I don't like that. Um, So I think the way we can kind of explain this scenario between like, you know, someone announcing they're expecting and then me feeling kind of weird. I think what it is, is this. When you're expecting, it's the most exciting thing. Like you're carrying new life. You're bringing new life into the world. Praise God. It's so awesome. And so something so awesome is like that other person's greatest longing. So it's like these two, it's the same thing, but on two totally separate ends of the spectrum, the having and then the longing. It's just and so when those collide, when it's a friend and then the other friend colliding, it's, wow, this is kind of uncomfortable. Like, I'm mm. really excited, but I don't want to make you feel bad. Right. It's such a weird dynamic. Oh, I'm sure. Because it, it's a tension for both. Like you just said, I'm really excited. I don't want to make you feel bad. And then the other person is like, I'm really sad, but I want to be excited. But I'm really excited. Yeah, I want to be excited <laughs> like, for you. Like, what is it, this feeling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Uh-huh. Um, are there, are there other, um, difficult aspects to walking through, uh, this sort of thing? Probably like a thousand in a million. Oh, (laughs) actually, since you noted Mother's Day, can I say something about that really quick? Yes, please. So this is kind of funny and I was planning on sharing a blog post about it, but I found that me saying I'm planning on sharing a blog post about it means that I wrote it and it's hiding somewhere and I'll have to get to posting it. Um, (laughs) so literally like, babe, do you remember this maybe a month ago or three weeks ago where I said, I'm not going to church on mother's day. Do you remember that? I said that. So I said that to Jared and I said, I just don't want to go. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. Every time I go, I, I feel kind of weird and I just don't want to. So actually last week, I think the Lord was really working on my heart, um, in that regard because truthfully, Mother's Day is really difficult for people walking through infertility and pregnancy loss because, I mean, it's called Mother's Day. And that's yeah. the thing we really, really desire. Um, and so obviously Mother's Day can be difficult for many people for many reasons. Maybe you have a broken relationship with your mother. Maybe it's the first year um without her after she's passed away. Like it's Mm. just a difficult day for a lot of people for multiple reasons. Um, and so I think that in my experience, churches have become much better at, um, being more careful with, with holidays like this and being sensitive to, Oh, Oh, there's a coffee machine, coffee maker (laughs) every time. I forgot to click it off. (laughs) All right. Um, so Anyway, churches are doing much better with um, with being more sensitive to yeah, people kind of sure. that, that have a harder time with that day. Um, but I feel like even with that, even with them being more um, careful, I still struggle. And I, I yeah. just feel like it's an icky feeling. So why bother? I'm just going to stay home. Um, but the Lord kind of tugged on my heart, I guess, and... He kind of reminded me that we are the church. We're the bride of Christ. We mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice. So 
I'm going to be at church on Sunday rejoicing with those who are rejoicing, Mm. knowing that when I am in mourning, my community will come around me and mourn with me. That's really good. So I got out of my cute little pity party and said, (laughs) I'm going to church, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to smile and clap for the mothers and sing glory to God with my church. Mm. So... Mother's Day is hard. It's true. Um, but it doesn't have to be the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. So I have some thoughts on that at the end okay. for, for just what Mother's else, Day in general. But what else do you kind of want to? Oh, should we move on to the next question? I mean, does that answer it? Like, yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. so I, many I, things that oh, are hard. Yeah, like, you could just keep going like, on and on of like, hmm, this is another difficulty. If and you want to you know, know but, you know, I could just have a conversation with you over a cup of coffee right. and you no, can I, ask me these things. Yeah, I think that covers a lot of the main ones that other people are going to prob- probably relate to who yeah. are walking ooh, through ooh, this. I have one more, one more. Okay. Okay, one more thing that I struggle with. I Not necessarily everyone else. but And Jared tells me I worry too much about what other people think of me. But I do get worried that people see me as like... Like, I just get worried that people look at me and think, oh, there's the pregnancy loss and fertile lady like she Hmm. can't have kids (laughs) so that's kind of one of my fears is that that's all I'm seen for instead of everything else the Lord could be doing in my life but anyway yeah like you're afraid people just see you for this like Mm -hmm. this big issue yeah Mm. well um Getting all the deets. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, that's really helpful to hear. Um, I, I know there's people out there that are relating to those things. Uh, if they're not saying it, they're at least thinking it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um, what encouragements would you offer to other women who desire motherhood? Mm. I would say make Jesus your treasure. I would say that everything in this world, I mean... Children have souls, obviously. They're not going to pass away with the world. (laughs) But um, all of our earthly longings are earthly longings. And having our hearts and our eyes fixed on Christ is the true eternal treasure. And I know you know that probably. And you've tried to speak that to yourself as much as you can. But until we just start grappling with that truth, we will only have our eyes fixed on our grief. We will only have Mm. our eyes fixed on our circumstances. So I would say, number one, find Jesus to be your number one treasure because everything else in this life is not promised. I mean, tomorrow isn't promised, but Mm -hmm. Jesus is eternal. And were you going to say something? No, it just kind of reminds me of the Philippians passage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone everyone says it, you know, Philippians 4.13, mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I can go and climb Mount Everest because Christ is strengthening me, or I can, mm-hmm. I can go and, uh, you know, I can succeed in the stock market because Christ is strengthening me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that Christ isn't going to strengthen you for those things, but that's not what the passage means. The passage means that whatever the Lord leads you to, he's going to, he's going to be enough for you in those times of suffering, of struggle. Um, and so, yeah, I think we can be encouraged that truly in those times of deep pain and those times of deep mourning and those teams or those times, not those teams, those times of deep suffering, 
um, that Christ is with us and he's walking with us and he is strengthening us and we can do it. We can endure. We can, um, we can walk through those times, um, with the joy of the Lord in our heart and tears of mourning on our cheeks. Um, and, and so I, I think that's kind of my encouragement as you're mentioning, mm-hmm. just your encouragement is that Christ is strengthening you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not walking through this, uh, without purpose and he defines that purpose. And in the meantime, even when we don't know the purpose, um, he's strengthening you for that mm-hmm. suffering. So be yeah. encouraged. Um, yeah, that's so good. Thanks, babe. Um, I would also just so, yeah, like, first of all, Christ is your treasure and he will carry you through. Um, just learning how to trust him with your circumstances is helpful. Um, just, and that comes from scripture. I mean, read the word, get in the word. That is your lifeline is staying in the word um, because there's life there and hope. Um, new mercies every morning, even on the days you cry yourself to sleep. Um, there's new mercies every morning. Um, and then I just want to add that grief is, and this is just a different kind of grief because it's not, I think, so some people have probably gotten diagnosed obviously with like, you will never have children. And that would be really hard in and of itself to walk through. But then there's this other side of just kind of not knowing. And sometimes the doctors can't give you an answer. They're doing all the things. You're on all the medication or you're on the perfect diet and doing the workout and your body's great, but there's just this mystery. And so the kind of grief that goes along with that is it's, it's a daily kind of grief where some days it's more intense and then other days it's a little bit subsided. Um, and I'm sure that's how it is with grieving other kinds of losses. Um, but at least I've found in my own experience that it's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. You don't have to muster up all the strength to act like you've overcome this because even if I feel like, even if I have a couple of babies and the Lord blesses me with that gift, I'm still going to have this season of almost six years of walking through pregnancy loss and infertility. And that's always going to be a part of me. So actually something that happened to me during this third, um, pregnancy loss was some people just checking in with me, um, kind of inquiring about how I was doing grieving. And, um, I kind of felt like, you know, oh my goodness, should I be crying more? Like, should I be doing, should I be really extreme with my, my sadness? And there Mm -hmm. are definitely moments where I was just in despair, but I've learned that this grief can be a part of me and I can walk with it and I can give it over to the Lord and he will carry me and all of it together. (laughs) So it's almost like, you know, you don't have to feel like there's something wrong with you if you're not uh, drenched in tears every single day yeah. and then get over it right more so that it's okay if it's if it's a subtle mm-hmm. uh, hurt and heartache yeah. that's with you every day right it's really helpful it's I almost think. like having um oh my goodness what's that called when you have an illness that's oh uh chronic goodness. yes it's like having a chronic illness yeah um so that's really good I think that's encouraging too that um, you know, 
people are going to grieve in different ways, um, especially something that's so deeply hurtful um, and affects people in such a broad way, you know, Uh, it affects so many parts of your life that I I just, I, I think that's really helpful that you mentioned that, you know, some people are going to have days where they're a mess. They don't go outside because they're, they're in bed crying all day. Mm -hmm. Um, there's going to be other people that are out and don't seem like anything went wrong recently because it's a, it's become a part of their life, you know? And so it's kind of odd to expect them like, well, you know, I, I'm hearing that you just walked through this. Why aren't you a mess? Why aren't right. you crying more? You know, um, and maybe that, uh, I, I mean, do you have other encouragements you want to, you want to offer? Um, I guess really quick, like, well, I'll tell resources at the end, I think. Okay. But, um, I'm trying to think any more big encouragements. No, we'll just let the conversation go. Okay. Well, I just feel like that could lead really well into, you know, what advice would you give people who are walking alongside those women who are struggling in this area? Um, Because it can be a difficult thing of figuring out how do I interact with this person who's struggling with this deep hurt? How do I walk alongside Mm -hmm. them? So like a friend or a family member kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. How, how, what advice do you have for those who are walking alongside someone who is, who is dealing with infertility Mm -hmm. or pregnancy loss? Mm. Um, How can they love that person? So I definitely have quite a few thoughts on this one. Um, So the first would be if someone has entrusted you with their heart in this topic, that is huge. Mm. Because as we said earlier, it tends to be a little bit more of a private hidden thing that people just walk through. Um, And it can be something that's pretty long suffering. But if someone has chosen you to confide in and to share their heart and to cry with, um, that's huge. They've given you a key to that door. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me personally, I've only opened up with only a few people like fully. I mean, people know my story and I'm not afraid to talk about it, but there's maybe only two people, one of them being my husband that I've openly just cried with. So if that, if you're one of those people who's receiving that, um, my advice to you would be, um, encourage them, stay involved. Um, you don't have to make it like a daily habit where you're texting them every single day because chances are, I mean, there's moments where I'm doing much better and, uh, you know, I don't need someone constantly telling me how right. you doing, how you doing, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. an occasional text is so helpful. Like mm-hmm. praying for you today. How are you feeling? Like, how's your heart? Like, that's good. How are you doing? How's the Lord speaking to you? Yeah. How are you doing with that? Um, sending a note. So just anything that you can do to encourage their heart, because that's what hurts. Mm. They're, they're doing all these things physically. They're trying to find all these answers. Um, what we need our community to do is be there for our hearts. Mm. Um, that's really good. And on that same note, I would mention that, um, if someone's talked to you about it, um, I think there's this tendency, and this is in so many other topics too, but um, just to try to slip in maybe your own advice and what you think could work, or maybe you see something in that person's lifestyle that you think maybe they're not aware of that and they need to stop doing that before they can conceive. And this worked for my daughter, so maybe she should try. 
I don't recommend doing that. Mm. I just feel, you know, it's not helpful. It doesn't create, it doesn't comfort the hurting person. Um, If that person comes to you, like if I came to you and said, what do you think I should do to get pregnant? Mm. Then by all means, share with me your diet secrets, (laughs) share with me your workout routine and all these other wonderful things that you think could work. But, um, I just think it's, it's truthfully not appropriate, Mm. uh, unless the Lord sends a dove and (laughs) clicks to the proper (laughs) website that you should send the link to. And I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, So outside the realm of doves flying through your window and getting on your computer (laughs) and searching the web for you. Please send me that link. It sounds (laughs) divine. Um, so yeah, so it's more so, you know, the, the person who is grieving needs to be giving you permission for how far you can, you know, kind of, you know, cause uh, I mean that, that probably does seem like, well, I don't know how to comfort this person. Maybe they need my help, but Mm -hmm. that, that really in reality sounds very intrusive into their, into their mourning and and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And I don't want to sound like this is exactly how you should comfort that person. These are just ideas. So be creative, but know that comfort their heart and then keep your mouth shut on the practical parts unless they like just come to you and say, I want your opinions on this. Mm. I've heard you had like that happens. That's normal. I've talked to people who I think I could, you know, benefit from learning from because I have similar, you know, history or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to say like, don't ever do it, but you know, for the most part, try to not. Um, and I would say just in the side of comforting, um, and as we've said before, this is my own experience. So not everyone will feel the same way about this as, as I do. But I think I found that truthfully, um, it's it's kind of like comparing their story to someone else's you know can be mm. can be kind of hurtful too. Yeah. Um, so when you might think that sharing a success story could be really helpful for that person and encourage their faith, it kind of does a disservice because it creates this weird feeling of like, well, why isn't that happening for me? And, yeah. you know, or it creates this, this, I mean, yeah, it kind of, it can encourage, but at the same time, it can cause you to look at your own self and say, well, I'm not doing all these things right. And yeah. that person had success. So yeah. it just, it's kind of weird. Well, it, it creates comparison where there right. doesn't need to be comparison, where mm-hmm. the emphasis needs to be on how do we suffer well. So, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like, and and maybe again, this is me intruding into your, no, go ahead. Uh, into your interview, but I think what's most helpful in terms of not comparing your kind of suffering to another person's kind of suffering or, or their outcome trying to bring you hope when we have no Mm -hmm. knowledge of the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and everyone's story is different. So there's no need to create comparison in that way, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it could be encouraging to say like, I know this person who walked through infertility and, and it was hard. It was terrible. Um, and they wrote a blog about how they still connected to Jesus mm-hmm. and how they trusted Jesus mm. in this time. And I feel like that's more of the kind of encouragement that is helpful because the goal isn't to get pregnant at all right. costs. Um, the, the goal is to grow closer to Jesus, yeah. to treasure Jesus. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, yes. yeah, creating the comparison is a, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just dangerous. And it usually, you know, maybe in the moment, I've had times where in the moment I'm like kind of nodding along, along and I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. I'm, that's, yeah, I understand. And then you kind of walk away and are like, 
Huh. And then yeah. you feel kind of icky. And it could be like a success story that they shared, or it could be somebody else walking through infertility. Like yeah. it just, it well, you want to be known. Yeah. You want to yeah. be known where you are in your mm-hmm. suffering and not, not compared to someone right. else. Like why is your story not enough for someone yeah. to focus on? Why do they need to look at other people's yeah. story? You know? For sure. I feel like that could definitely just kind of devalue you and what yeah, you're walking through. Yeah, it does. Through. It it does, hmm. for sure. I'm trying to think. Of, have I mentioned anything else to you before that you feel like I should mention? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jared, what have I said? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I'm trying to think of, of things that we've walked through. I mean, I think you kind of hit it. Like the unwel- uninvited advice is yeah. huge. Um don't compare. Yeah. That's just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, offer comfort, encouragement. Yeah, offer. Um, ooh, ooh. Yes. And I would say if you don't know what to do, ask. That's really good. <laughs> just, that is just ask so them. good. Say, hey, how can I? I've had people do that and I really appreciated it. Yeah. And it's been great. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's that's really yeah. good. Um, um, I have two books too, um, just on this topic of encouraging someone. It kind of goes with the last two questions, like how would we encourage someone walking through this and then how would someone else encourage uh, those walking through pregnancy loss and infertility? And the first one is called Embodied Hope, A Theological Meditation on Pain and Suffering. So this book is actually written about... Um, people walking through chronic, uh, disease and chronic pain. Mm. Um, it's written by a professor whose his wife actually had chronic pain and cancer and terrible, terrible things. Um, but it's worth mentioning because I, like we said earlier, I feel as though pregnancy loss and infertility can be like that just as far as the, um, the long suffering that it induces. Um, so this book is really helpful on just giving you a window in on how to comfort that person. It also puts words into your mouth for those of us who are like, yeah, that's how I think. I, I didn't know how to say it, but that's how it is. <laughs> and um, it's just very helpful on showing you um, like that it's okay to lament and to mourn and what the Bible tells us to do with those feelings. So really good book. It's called Embodied Hope. Another one that's more aimed at this issue specifically is called Longing for Motherhood. And this one was written by, well, I cannot say her last name, but it's newer. I think it came out in the last few years. Um, But I didn't want to read any books on pregnancy loss and infertility because it felt like I was caving into giving myself that label. Mm. And admittedly, I think I'd been in denial for the last five years about it. So this Mm. is like only the second book I've actually read on it. (laughs) Um, But it's phenomenal because it's all about glorifying God with your um, circumstance and how to have hope even when you're childless uh, and how the church can come alongside that person. Mm. So really encouraging book. I, I recommend it if, if you're not sure how to care for someone and if you want to really be all in for that person, definitely read the book. It's, it's really good. And that was called Longing for Motherhood? Longing for Motherhood. By who? Holding on to hope in the midst of childlessness. Um, Chelsea Patterson Sob- Sobolik. Sobolik. I can't pronounce things. That's a that's kind of a interesting Sobolik. last name. Yeah. Um, She's got a crazy story. 
yeah, the, the really yeah. good. Two really good books. The Embodied mm. Hope. Um, even just some of the things that you shared with me when yeah. you were reading through it. Uh, it was almost informative of how to come alongside someone, how yes. to grieve with people. I, it, it's it's excellent. excellent. Yeah. So we, yeah, highly recommended. Yeah. And he even has like a little section. Actually, both of these books have little sections on comparing somebody's loss or issues to someone else's that you know. Mm-hmm. And both just affirm that it does more harm than good. It's so, really good. Really good books. Excellent. Is there um, anything else we want to talk about? Um, not that I know of. I, I have some last thoughts, probably more in terms of Mother's Day, but yeah. do you do you have any of the last things you wanted to say? Mm, let me think. I think that man. Uh, well, I guess just the last thing I would encourage women is that just walking through longing for motherhood is that God used so many barren women Mm. in his story, um, in the story, in the Bible. Um, And so it can often feel like we are forgotten and helpless and alone, but we're not alone. We have the Lord on our side, and he says that what is impossible for man is not impossible for Mm. himself. Um, so while we long and we wait and we cry and plea to the Lord, he can sustain us. He's with you. Um, and he can answer that prayer, but if he doesn't, he is still good. And your circumstance is for your good. It is his best for your life right now today. Mm. So... It's really good. Um, wasn't it uh, Hagar who um, who said that God is is the he, God who sees? He's the God who sees. I've been so fascinated with that passage lately. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. It's good to remember, and I, I I really really hope that this conversation that we've had, and and I'll I'll have a chance to talk a little bit more next week, but. Um, if you're walking through this, you're not alone. Um, there are others out there that are struggling with this, that are walking through this, that, that understand the pain. Um, certainly not in the same exact way. Like we just talked about, there is no comparison. Your story is your story. It's going to be different from everyone else's. Um, but don't be afraid to lean on those who are key relationships in your life. It's, it's, like you were saying, there's mm. such a huge temptation to isolate yourself, right. um, to just isolate from your friendships, to isolate from the people around you. Um, and that's not healthy. That's not good for you to give into those temptations. Um, you need to pick yeah, some so key people. Out yeah. People pick some key people helpful. in your life. You don't have to, don't, don't feel like you're obligated to tell everyone yeah. everything that's going on. It's, it's private. It's sensitive. It's hurt. It, it's just a deep, um, thing of suffering for you. So you don't have to feel like you need to share it with everyone or anything like that. But it is important to have key people in our life uh, that we can lean on and we can say, I really need your support. I really need your love. Um, and and so don't, don't be afraid to reach out to key relationships, um, key people. Um, and then uh, what I would say kind of um, alongside what you said to people who aren't walking through this but are walking alongside those who are, um, 
like Sarah said, this is almost, it's almost like a chronic illness sort of thing. It's, it, it goes on forever. Even people who, uh, do eventually have children still, they've lost a baby maybe, or, or they mm-hmm. had a season of loss or a season of pain and suffering, um, that, that will be with them for their entire lives. So it's okay to check in. It's really important to walk long-term with someone, Um, and again, you don't need to be intrusive, but, um, I think it's really important to say like, Hey, how can I be walking with you through this? Even someone who lost a baby three years ago. Mm. Uh, I think that it, 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 it's a huge statement of your care and your tenderness towards them in their time of suffering. Um, and in their, in their long term time of suffering of saying like, Hey, how are you doing today? Um, about your, you know, the baby you lost or how, how have you been doing that sort of thing? Just, um, you know, plan to walk long-term because, you know, it's easy for you to forget. But just like Sarah said, it's a huge thing that someone chose to share that part of their life with you. Um, and it's a huge responsibility for you to then, I, I would consider it a stewardship thing. How do you steward well this responsibility and this, this, uh, just this weight that, that you've been asked to share with this person. Um, how are you going to do that well and care for that person? Well, long-term. So I just encourage you to have a long-term view of that. And then in terms of mother's day, um, well, no, before I get to mother's day, pastors, people need shepherded through this. Uh, people need cared for through this. Um, and I guess this still goes alongside those who are, who are simply walking alongside those, when we had our miscarriage at 21, we didn't know what to think. We didn't know how to work through this. We need someone to come alongside of us and shepherd us through that. And we didn't have that. We didn't have someone to, to help us understand what was going on, um, to help us understand, uh, it's okay for you to be upset. It's okay for you to seclude yourself for a week and cry. It's okay to mourn this. And in fact, you really need to, um, So I just encourage, um, you know, if someone reaches out to you, um, or if you are in spiritual leadership over someone or, uh, or you're, you're taking part in shepherding someone, maybe you're their community group leader, maybe you're their pastor. Um, they need shepherded. They need someone to lead them through this because they've never walked through this before, maybe. So that's an encouragement to you. And then in terms of mother's day pastors, when you get up and give your spiel, don't disregard the person who has lost a baby, who is struggling with infertility, who is, um, you know, all those sorts of things. But here's something that stuck out to me. Churches, even when they're doing a really good job of acknowledging this, this area of loss on Mother's Day, this is how it goes. Today is a tough day. Today is a day of celebration for for many, and it's a it's a day that's tough for for a lot of people. And so we do want to acknowledge those among us who who maybe they've lost their mother, or they've lost a, a son or a daughter, a child, um, or or maybe you're a person in this room who's walked through infertility, or you've lost um, babies, you've had miscarriages, and so we just want to acknowledge your pain and say that we're walking with you, we love you, uh, and today is a day for you as well. Um, now for our mothers today, we have this gift, and we want you to come forward and get this gift. And, um, I just want to say like, you're giving a prize to those who have carried their babies to term. That's basically what you're doing. So when you do that, I think it's wonderful to give a gift or if it's a coffee gift card or whatever it is, um, make sure you say like, if, if you have, if you have been pregnant and lost your baby, um, 
we want to give you a gift. If you have grown children and and everything's been totally fine, we want to give you a gift. Um, I just think we really need to emphasize, uh, it almost seems like we're grading people based on uh, how old their baby was when it died. And if, and if you didn't get to have your baby in your arms, then you weren't really pregnant or you're not really a mother or actually a parent. Um, and that's how like functionally it seems. And maybe I'm overanalyzing it. Maybe I'm being overly critical, but I think it has some really big implications for your views, even on like in terms of like pro-life versus pro-choice. Like, are you going to be consistent in the church of saying like you who have lost a baby in your womb are just as much a mother as those who have their children living with them, uh, and have grandchildren maybe because both kinds of children, both the child in the womb that died and those that are living today, both have a soul. Both are 100% a person. Both have, uh, are, are bearers of the image of God. Um, so I, I just think this is an important thing, an important way for you to acknowledge that and affirm that and affirm that, um, that, uh, you know, those who have lost babies in their womb, their parents, they have they, they had a baby that had a that that was given a soul and 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 bore the image of God that died in their womb. Uh, acknowledge that, affirm that, and and celebrate their their womanhood, um, their motherhood. So I I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Is that is that too <laughs> is that too far? <laughs> no, I mean I think it's you know long. I think it's I agree. I mean just saying. You know, we want to make a note that you're here suffering, but let's still go on with all the celebration and whatever. Yeah, it just it sounds like a token thing that totally disregards when in actuality, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I already said what I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I kind of said earlier, like, we mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice. So, Yeah. yeah, like... For me, like, I want to see those women. They're exhausted. I mean, they're staying up all night. I'm getting my full eight and a half hours of sleep. So, (laughs) you know, I do want to see women get pampered who have toddlers and teens and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it's clearly a separate stage of life. But to feel that church where it's supposed to be the you know, welcoming for whatever walk mm-hmm. you're in, um, in whatever season, I think, yeah, it could be helpful to maybe, maybe invite, if you're going to do a gift, maybe have it. Like, I remember being at a church where the gift was for all women and I thought that was phenomenal. I, yeah, that I, was very good. I, I, I agree. I think that's a good way to handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been times where the gift is for mothers and uh, like almost in my defiance against that sort of thing, I go up and get the gift for Sarah like because that. you are, I you, hate it. It's so embarrassing. So uh, yeah, it's kind of awkward or weird, but it's Maybe almost I like, rent I'm kid. not going to be put in a position where it says, Hey dads, come down and get a, the gift for your, for your wife, for the mother and me be put in a d- position where do I feel awkward and sit in my seat and deny the humanity of the three babies I've lost? Or do I stand up and look like an idiot and, and get a gift card from someone on stage? We're who just knows? trying to mooch. We're no, like, I want no. But do I go up and, and put myself in a weird situation where I grab the gift card and just smile to the person who I know knows that we don't, that we're not raising mm. children. And do I, do I look like I am mooching? Do I look, you know, um, <laughs> Again, this is me hijacking your thing. This should have been next week. But no, Mother's Day will be over by then. So I have to say it now. So disclaimer, these are all Jared's thoughts, opinions, everything else in his heart of hearts. So anyway, sorry. That's the expression. Not the expression. 
the our NFL. employer or church home. Okay. Anyways, so <laughs> those are some of my thoughts, and I think they're kind of important to at least uh, think through if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, even if you're not a pastor or a leader, but just acknowledging that that this Sunday when you're sitting in church and uh, th- there's going to be people among you who are in pain, who this is a hard day that kind of like what Sarah was saying, they 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 were tempted to they just not even want to be there. Come, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess that's all. There it is. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Uh, we pray that it is and, and pray that um, just the Lord would comfort those of you who are walking in the same, you know, sort of in the same way that we've been walking. Uh, we've certainly been in need of, of God's comfort as well. And so you're not alone. Um, the God who sees, sees you mm-hmm. and is walking with you and loves you. Um, and uh, hopefully this was an encouragement for those of you who are wanting to walk well and care well for those mm-hmm. in your life who are struggling through this. So, um, uh, uh, you know, we certainly couldn't cover all of it. And we'll, right. again, we'll be talking more about next week from my perspective. So but so there's some time there if you want to shoot us an email yes, or um, a exactly. comment or just text me if you know me and say, hey, can you, you know, talk a little bit more about this? This wasn't clear or something like that. Yes, just let that us know really and we can hash it out next week. Yeah. Um, because it can be hard to just share all of this on the spot and right. something that's so sensitive of a subject to my own life. Oh yeah. There's so many so, different aspects to mm-hmm. it. So yeah, it's certainly hard to share it all. So yeah, just like Sarah said, reach out to us, please. We really want to hear from you. Even if you don't know us, if you stumbled upon this, maybe someone shared it with you, whatever. Reach out to us. Yeah. Email us at info at millennialmindspodcast.com or just message us on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to walk with you. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's it for today. Uh, nothing else. So Should probably wrap it up, huh? Yep, we're going to wrap it up. We're not going to keep you all day. But anyway, so we love you guys. We care for you guys. Um, like us on Facebook. Share us with your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Do you think anyone's even still listening at this point? I don't know. I usually don't think so. I think they're listening because, nah, I think they are. Okay, bye. They're super committed listeners. Let's just hang it up now. All right, we will see you. Well, we'll talk to you next (laughs) week. Oh, (laughs) Jerry. You're like your mother saying goodbye. It just keeps going and going and going. Love you, Mom. Bye. (laughs) 